Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are delighted to be down here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies at the Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio, Texas, and a lot of great people, probably about five, 600 participants, some 700 booths, and some great, great presenters. Uh, Dr. Michael Genovese is joining us. He did a keynote presentation this morning. He's a mental health consultant. And get this, he's a psychiatrist and a lawyer, which is pretty interesting. But I think for purposes of our audience, he is the medical director of Sierra Tucson, truly one of the finest treatment programs in all of America. Dr. Michael Genovese, welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. So nice to meet you finally. Thanks. It's a pleasure to meet you. You had an interesting presentation this morning, advancements in understanding the chemistry of addiction. It is something we need to know more about, and, and you seem to presented today in a language that we could learn more about. Give us a thumbnail of, of your remarks today, if you would. Yeah, the thing that I was trying to convey was that our, our, our chemistry is not in control of us. What we're learning through research is that we can control our, our chemistry, both through experience um, and the things that we put in our body as right. well. And what I was trying to convey to people is, yeah, you can get mired down in the science, pretty quickly if you spend too much time on the detail. I wanted a big picture to get people excited about the fact that there are things that we can do to advance our health. And you've been at Sierra Tucson, what, about a year now? About a year, yeah. What have you learned in that year? I've learned that there's a whole lot I don't know. <laughs> there are so many professionals at that place who are so good at what they do. What I've now decided is if I ever think that I'm done learning, I should just hang it up. You talked about a surge in opiate addiction, especially among young people. Why is that? I think it's a combination of things. I think that the world's different than it used to be. I think that there's a lot more opiates around. I think that they're available and they're really powerful. I mean, they, we talked a little bit about the reward system and our dopamine system and those things take control of your brain and your reward system and they affect your judgment and they're bigger than the person. What about nutrition in all of this? What we, as you say, put into our bodies. How does that uh, reflect the outcome? It's incredibly important. We kind of are what we eat, and we forget about that. And the basic American diet is so bad when you think about it. It's so full of preservatives and antibiotics, and it's just convenience. Mm. It's affecting your DNA. It's affecting the way you express genes. And if we continue to fail to pay attention to that, we're setting ourselves up for a much more difficult time when we try to treat it. And it's things. subtle because it's not going to affect it this evening or tomorrow. Correct. 
and, and we tend to just keep going on, and then suddenly we are down the road, and we think, my God, if I'd taken better care of myself. And this goes back to what you were saying before, Neil. Why are opiates so pervasive? Yeah. Well, they work right then, yes. right? And that's yes. what people are looking for. You tell people, well, eat kale, and in a few years, you're going to feel better. That's not what they want to <laughs> hear, right? I think you had a lot of people today in there thinking, you know, I'm going to start eating a lot more kale. Okay. <laughs> what is what is the uh, the benefit of kale, by the way? So kale, a green leafy vegetable, like many green leafy vegetables, is high in folate. Folate is a methyl donor, and uh, methyl methyl groups can turn genes on and off. Mm. Uh, that's the study of epigenetics. And so now what we're trying to do is rather than rather than think, oh, our DNA is in control of us. Right? So we're not the author of our own destiny. We're saying, what can we do to alter our gene expression so that we're healthier? And so that's what, uh, that's what the kale does and many other green leafy vegetables. And so back to your point, what, what you eat is important. You are what you eat. Dr. Michael Genovese joining us for a few moments on Recovery Coast to Coast here at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference on Addiction Studies down in San Antonio, Texas. What is integrative medicine? You talked a little bit about that today. Mm -hmm. So integrative medicine is a way of looking at the whole patient. Uh, and I think people used to say holistic medicine, and then that got a connotation of sort of being um, almost a, it wasn't necessary. It was almost like it was, oh, you could do that if you have the time. But integrative medicine, really, it's about taking a look at everything that's available for every patient. Everything's on the table. And we're looking at not just their insomnia, but what might be causing their insomnia. And it's about a relationship with the patient. It's about utilizing all the modalities that are available to that patient, every type of psychotherapy that might be available, every type of group setting, individual setting. It's about using evidence to make sure that these interventions are valid. It's, a, it's about um, looking long-term and preventative. It's a preventative way of looking at things. And it's a way of incorporating the physical for sure, but also the spiritual and emotional parts of a person. Is it not also about communication? Absolutely. It's all about, it's all about the relationship, really what it comes down to is the relationship between the practitioner and that patient. And it's all about the communication between the two of them. How can a patient better control that? The patient has to realize that the, that the treatment is theirs. They're, to a large part, the, the practitioner with whom they work is their choice. Mm. And if they're not getting all that they can out of their treatment, some of it's on them. What I always tell patients is, the rule is, I can't be working harder than you. Ah. Right? And if, but it, it's reciprocal. If the patient thinks they're working harder than the doctor, then they're with the wrong doctor. Dr. Michael Genovese joining us tonight uh, on Recovery Coast to Coast gave a great presentation this morning at the 41st Annual TAP State Conference. And you mentioned a word I had not heard before, uh, epigenetics. Mm -hmm. So epigenetics translates literally into above genetics. And epigenetics is the study of changes, genetic changes, that are effectuated in means other than the change in the sequence in the genetic code. So simply put, it doesn't change the sequence of your genetic code, but by the contribution of little molecules, it changes the way your genes express themselves. And, and you want to get people excited about this. Why? Well, it's, you know, it's because it's the reason that one identical twin may get cancer and another one doesn't. It's the reason one identical twin may get schizophrenia and the other one doesn't. It's the reason one identical twin may be addicted to opiates and the other one isn't. There are reasons that one may and one may not, and it has a lot to do with experience. And we can't, we can no longer use the excuse that, oh, I'm genetically predisposed to addiction. There's nothing I can do about it. Now, through the study of epigenetics, we know there's a lot of things that we can do about it. 
Dr. Michael Genovese joining us. Uh, by the way, you can find out more about it at CRTucson.com. That is the website. But if people want to find out more about epigenetics, where's a good place to start? There are a number of great websites. There's, uh, if you wanted to look up particular researchers, I would start with Dr. Nestler, N-E-S-T-L-E-R. He's done a lot of great research. There was a NOVA program that a lot of people have told me about on, mm -hmm. on public broadcasting that it's a good introduction without getting too heavy into the science because I don't want to get turn, people turned right, off right, right away. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, but those are good places to start. CR Tucson has always been cutting edge when it comes to the treatment of addiction, and they are cutting edge. They continue to be cutting edge. And uh, Dr. Michael Genovese is one of the bright, shining new faces in addiction medicine. He is the chief medical officer at CR Tucson. I thank you for your time and the presentation this morning. Oh, thanks. It's been a pleasure. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out. We will continue with more right after this.